Today, we'll be interviewing Bakare Manuel and David Bodagi. Bakare is a seasoned DevOps engineer with effective skills in containers, virtualization, and Linux administration. Having more than four years of professional experience in diverse production environments, he stands as an effective community manager, having put together communities like GDG Unilag and currently manages the Google Cloud community in Lagos, which facilitates the first ever recurring Linux meetup in Nigeria. David is a software programmer with experience in the oil and gas and investment banking sector, a recent summer intern at Bank of America Merrill Lynch in its technological division. He has participated in hackathons like the Data Science Nigeria Hackathon, Access Bank Hackathon, in which he performed tremendously well. Definitely say that what got me here um, started a long time ago. So um, I started um, learning how to um, program when I was in JS2. Not really code per se. Um, I always had a thing for understanding how computers worked. Um, majorly from meeting most of my computer lecturers, I got into the computer department. Then I discovered I had a thing for figuring how things work. So then I would fix the internet in, in the um, IT room. Sometimes the computers. Um, my Computer lectures that would show me around the um, motherboards and then the various um, interconnections. Then, so um, programming just started as a hinge of that, basically, um, as it's, because it was basically more on top of the support of understanding. Okay, how do you then write you know, programs that can be then use the computers that you're trying to fix and build? Um, so that started off in like JS2, JS3. Most of it was majorly play and build some small things then. then and after the university first year. Um, I got to see professionally and I'm currently here. That's great. David? Um, I don't know how I started to be honest. I just started one day. Um, first, my first experience into programming was 
to take SSP and then there was Visual Basic and I was just naturally good at it. Like, people were always confused by it and then I was like, this ain't easy. But then, you know, I just started, I did not pay much attention to it. Then university started, I did pretty well in my first year. Then my second year I was bored and then um, people were talking about this guy on YouTube, uh, this guy that knows Chelsea, because Bucky, do you remember him? Yeah, that's um, Bucky Roberts. Yeah, Bucky. Everyone was talking about Bucky, and I was like, who is Bucky? What does he do? Everyone was not laughing at me, that like, I don't know who Bucky is. I'm like, who is Bucky? And I went to see his YouTube, and I saw that he used to teach programming and everything. So I watched his uh, programming courses, and I still didn't understand what programming was. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, man, I'm not doing this programming thing. I'm like, let me just focus on my average course. Right? And then, we now had a course in university, C++. I did not do well in that course. I, I got like a C, and then like, that was like me trying my best to get that C. And I was like, I want to learn more about this program. Like, how can I be? Because at the time, my grades were like a lot to me. Not now anymore, but then <laughs> at the time, I like rated my grades a lot. So, um, I was like, I, w- I wanted to prove myself to myself that I could do so I just started learning. I went back to Bucky's courses, then I realized that he was talking a lot in his courses. And then like, he taught a lot of programming courses, but then they were not. He was not really good at like he was like master of all and or jack of all trades and then like master of none. So I was not. I learned it from other sources and yeah, I continued learning and learning and learning with help of my friends and yeah, I'm here today. That's great. So, them your friends influenced you. Did there are certain people influence you? Who are certain people exactly? What do my certain people? They're not my friends. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, there's like a lot of inspiration actually out there. If you look, and you see a lot of people that you don't necessarily know that are doing great things. So, yeah, those people influence me. Like the Andela guy in Yolua. That guy is really good because like he thought of something and then. He came and then he built it and everything. So I think he's really good. Someone that inspired me. Um, um, just reading, I watched the social network around that time in my life, and then seeing how the how Marjorie is portrayed at the time was something that was really inspiring to me. He's not my friend, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then yeah, That's he inspired me. So yeah, there's a lot of inspiration out there. Just need to look in the right places. Bakari, you see people. Uh, yes, actually. Um, my major influences, I would say, would have been um, watching people like um, Bucky Roberts, um, people of like TechWiki, um, Linus um, Tech Tips. Like that was actually one of the greatest influences into me even starting DevOps and learning about computers. Um, my dad is a major business influence um, in terms of understanding um, decisions and. Um, people and managing your lifestyle and also understanding timing because timing is as important as work itself. So um, in a list, like those are the people that majorly influenced my current um, understanding of the world and how um, things currently work in my life. That's great. So from what I understand, your upbringing was also very much of a great influence. Uh, yes, yes, yes. We're, we're driven to think... Um, Nothing is impossible unless you make it impossible. Okay, great. From what I was able to understand from you, David, you had just like one course that was into programming. So it means that for you to have the 
itself didn't need to dedicate towards developing these skills, considering that it was a very, very minute part of your course. Time was, I don't think I can like, factor in how much time I have spent on learning the program. I can't calculate it to be honest. It was just something that I was just doing and having fun with. And then it was, I did not really take it seriously. I was just doing it like intermittently. Like, there was a time I learned Android development. Then I stopped using an Android and I never used it again. Then, like, I just did it. I was not thinking of some big picture. It was just fun to learn how to do at the time. So, it was, and it was not even a distraction to me in school. It was just something I was just doing. It affected schoolwork. So, affected schoolwork. I don't think necessarily I will attribute it to learning how to use computers and everything. So, I don't think it affected my schoolwork. But then, at the time, I just, then I discovered that there's a bigger picture at the end of the day when my CDPA would not necessarily be the only thing that would come for me. I can have a good CDPA and then not have any skills and then there will be nothing for me outside of the forward of the university. So I kind of, so I took programming up a bit and other skills, but then I did not necessarily say school will go down, but then I guess if you elevate something else, something has to go down too. So it was not because of programming that I would say um, I reduced in my schoolwork, but then you can, I think there's a tie somewhere there, but then I would not say it is a direct relationship. So, it's at that point, because at the point you weren't taking programming seriously. So, would you say it's at that point you started taking it seriously? What or at what certain point? Because said at the point you started realizing, okay, CDPA in the end might not be the very much the determining factor. Mm -hmm. So, at what certain point do you start taking it seriously? Because generally, I believe it was not like, right now you seem to be serious with it. Like dedicating time towards your development. So, at what point did you start taking it seriously? I started taking it seriously after my, or during my IT, my uh, fourth year in university. So, I started taking it seriously then because I, I was interning in an oil and gas company and then I had a night to five, actually, eight to five. And then I was, it was in VI, my house is in school. So, I had to go from VI to Akoka, then sleep, then wake up around 2 a.m. and then work till maybe, or sleep around, sleep by like 8, wake up around 1, program from 1 to like maybe 4, just learn basic, sleep back, wake up around 6, move back. So it was a really stressful thing, but then I, that's when I started taking it seriously. That's when I started dedicating my time towards it, started learning. Okay. So, Bakari, yeah. from my understanding, you started out school the first class. Yes. Okay, do you have regrets? Uh, it's not finishing one. E, no. So, so judging from what I've seen, um, uh, the first class would not have ensured financial security at this point in my life. Okay. Yes, just like you know, being a Twitter influencer with hundred K tweets, it's not really the hundred K tweets that ends you money. It's the content you get, the value, and that's what actually makes the first class worthwhile, but school wouldn't have built up the necessary value that I have now, because it wasn't as practical as you know, one would have envisioned it to be. So, I don't really have any regrets, more like blessings for actually figuring things out early on. Oh, okay. That's great. David, from so, the Bank of America internship is a very coveted one. 
not just by students in the University of Lagos, by students all over the world. What do you think influenced you being selected for the summer internship? And how was your experience? My experience was up and down, I would say. Then, yes, to focus majorly on the part as say why I was selected for the internship. The internship is something that you cannot necessarily say if um, you do X, Y, Z, you will get it. So I think from my part, my interview, I spoke to my interviewer after I had gotten the offer and then he was like, because of, he could, because he could see um, like a hostile spirit in me and then he was like, I was not technically, or anybody that gets it, is not technically better than the other people that do not get it. So if there's anybody that's listening that has been trying and has not gotten it, it does not mean I am better than you or the people that have been getting it are better than you. It just means that like, there's certain places that you need to work on. So he told me that I had good social skills, forget the technical parts, I had like good social skills and then it was something that, you know, can work with other people and they will enjoy working because you spend more time in the office nowadays or at work than you do with your family because you do a 9 to 5 then that's more time than the rest of the days combined. So you should be able to, why do I think I was selected? I was selected because of the skills that I had that were not necessarily related to the job, being able to uh, vibe with people, being able to understand their requirements and being able to build it out. And then just my background, to be honest, being from electrical engineering, I have different views on the way a comp- um, on programs and the way a regular computer science engineer or computer scientist would approach various tasks. So why was I selected in a nutshell? Just being able to view things from a different perspective and having social skills. Yeah. Okay. But during the internship, your technical skills mattered to Yes, you? we do. Oh, okay. Um, Bakari, by a third year in school, you were already working full-time roles. How did you find the experience? Okay. Um, it was both good and bad. So, the first thing, um, I I'll say the major highlights from that experience would be covered in two parts. One is knowing um, why you're working in a company, and two is um, regarding the future projection of what that work's supposed to do. So uh, I worked at a company during my start, IQ Labs. It was a good experience. I did web development, but uh, when I then moved to another place where I found a much greater culture and inclination, like the one year I spent there really didn't feel much like progress, even though I had learned a lot of things. So um, if I were to recap on the questions again, which is um how you able to um, how did you find the experience? Okay, I would say that I found the experience good because of those two things. By my third year I had been able to understand what work was actually about. It's not really about making money, it's about offering value. And people will pay you as much as they feel that value is worth. So you have to value yourself and the company has to see value what you do. That's actually how you know you become a profitable person in life. Everyone does it. Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, they all had that wonky thing of identifying what value is and then building a niche around it so that people can actually pay for it. Yeah. So 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 those are so those are the things I would say my third year taught me and I would say that working there full time was the best experience because um, I had no distractions and my schooling 
um, GTA was still very much adequate to cover up for all the scholarships or um, programs that I needed to apply for in the future. That's good. Yeah. So, taking to my next question, did you not feel so young to take up some of these tasks? And how were you able to overcome that fright? And also, talking about value, which you just talked about, when did you start to value yourself? Because I want to understand, at the beginning phase, were you all scared or did you undervalue yourself or have that imposter syndrome? Okay. When did you start valuing yourself? Okay, so right from growing up, um, I had a very, um, so my dad um, was like, he, well, he was in the military for some parts of his life. He was a very dynamic person. So um, we had the training to believe in ourselves that um, no one is, like, you are a person, you are an identity, and there's basically no one like you, so why should you be scared to be yourself if you are as unique as the next person beside you? Yeah. So, um, so there was never an imposter syndrome, more of an underestimation of what delayed gratification is like. So right from my first year, I'd begun to understand the various um, mental models that we used to evaluate decisions. Um, Cora was very, very helpful in learning about a lot of things, but the one that I always talk about was delayed gratification. So, this gratification in the sense that you push behind pleasures now so that you can evaluate a much better decision in the future. Similar to how um, someone who wants to become a very, very good software engineer has to put off doing menial jobs to concentrate on doing harder things so that he can learn a lot more um, tasks to become a lot better at his field. So, um, in that third year, um, I, would, I wouldn't say I undervalued myself, no. Um, I didn't undervalue myself because even while still working there, I would tell my employers that I do have these particular things to do. I can't be able to do this. I can't be able to do that. I might not be able to do this. I might not be able to do that. And that was a very positive thought. And it made working easier. And to some degree, there were some lapses regarding the win experience, but they were obviously meant to come about yet from trying things, you know, Failing, that's the proposition of learning in the general sense. Um, so, on the second side, um, if you could come again, oh yeah, um, um, the second question. So, yeah, sound seems like you answered both of them. You didn't feel too young to take up this task? No, so. not at all. So, considering the exposure you had gotten while you were in school alongside P, oh yeah, proposition of value. Or value, like how I valued myself. Oh, yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, so um, on that final part, I'll just say um, I basically just put into the sense that um, even if you're not um, seeing yourself as um, the best now, you can't be the best in the future, and there's nothing limiting that. Yes. So you need to work towards that? Yes, smart work, not hard work. So, mm, what do you mean by smart work? So people put in nine hours a day to get work done. But the nine hours a day is not really nine hours. It's mostly inefficient gaps in between the days. So things like procrastination is actually highly effective because if you follow up on the Parkinson's law, a task will take as long as you dedicate time to it to do. So with effective procrastination, you put yourself under stress and you think faster. So you can finish things faster. You're more creative under stress. So those different kind of concepts enable you to a lot of things in a short period of time. Now, so effective procrastination helps you understand that you really don't, you really don't need to allocate it hours for a task you can do within one yes, hour. Yes, exactly. And building up self-awareness, knowing yourself better, knowing your technical capacities makes getting that done a lot easier. Okay. So 
while you were in school, you already had a certain level of exposure and were earning some money. So what held you back from quitting school? Also considering that you had already landed big roles, even without a certificate. Um, one of them would be um, parental and social influence. Um, so then I discovered that um, you need um, um, a, like, so getting a US visa requires that you have a degree. So um, sticking out one extra year was fine. By third level, I had scholarships. Um, by third level, second semester, I'd already considered dropping out. I'd spoken to my parents and a couple of friends. Um, so scholarships were a major influence because money, you know, moves, money moves decisions sometimes. So the scholarships prevented you from dropping? Uh, it, more like a composite of things because the scholarship money really wasn't so much when you consider the long-term salary that a normal software you know, and like that's less than someone's salary so um, I would say it was more of the long-term implications of that, like like the visa one that I brought up, because apparently um, you need a piece of paper to get educated in life. Yeah, so and things like that. So that prevented me from dropping out. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, so um, David, so um, after your internship, um, and gas company, and having to return to school. Because I'm very sure that most of your classmates didn't do their internship in the last year. So, what changed your whole scope of life and school? Like, what really changed you? Like, you know, you spoke about how you were doing your 9 to 5 and how you had to wake up in the middle of the night, like, then programming and all. During that time when you were doing your IT. So, like, what, like, how, like, what was your whole scope of life basically, like, after you returned to school? After I returned to school, I think I realized. Well, because I worked with like some very very intelligent people, and then I, I was able to hold my own. There was no imposter syndrome there. Like I was a part of the team, and then they valued me as a part of the team. So during meetings, I was not afraid to speak out and everything. So then returning back to school to gain the title of graduate or BSc in electrical engineering, I don't know if it was. Necessary. I don't. I do not think. I do not think of it as being necessary anymore. Like after my IT, I was done with the idea of learning anything in school. And then, like even my final year, now that I can speak about it, my final year, I don't think I learned anything that has changed my life. So I don't think it was my outlook on life changed. And then I started thinking more. A lot of my classmates were thinking about their GPs and then how to cross whatever borders and how to do this. Me, I was already thinking of like. What's coming next after school? Where am I going to work? Where am I? What, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What's next for me? And then I just my outlook on life totally changed because before, uh, prior to that I was I was still thinking of school, but then I was thinking of other things. But then immediately my internship was over. I stood, I just completely just stopped because I realized how much of a gap there is between what they are teaching us and what is necessary in the outside world. So I just I will not say I stopped because I still passed and then I'm here that I said I'm But then I would I did not my outlook completely changed. I did not see what a lot of my mates were saying. They were thinking of how to pass, how to go and do NYC in one some funny company or something. Like it was just different completely. Like it was not hard for me to be able to uh, pass on my thoughts to others. Why? Because they did not see the importance of what I was saying. I did not see that far into the future. And did you take time to like explain to some people your experience? Yeah, some of them got it eventually, but then some did it, and it's fine. Not everybody will be um, 
unto again. So it's fine. So that means you say if you were given the opportunity to drop out immediately after year four, you would have dropped out. If I could go back to year one, I would not do year one. Mm. I would not even go to university. Bakai, would you have? Um, no, like despite the fact that I consider school to be a waste, I don't think I would have been able to gain the adequate network that I currently know now without school. That's, that's, that's what I wanted to ask because don't you think like school g- gives some exposure? Because forget the academics itself, I feel like the social involvement and a whole lot of other things. It's, the university is like a platform that offers you a lot, which you make use of very much. So. Would you say would you would have not gone at all, or probably would have just the academics parts? Yeah. You'd have not. It was for that. the academics. I would not go back to school. Okay. But then, if it was for to meet people, because I know a lot of brilliant people now, to be honest, because I went to school, I could say I'll meet them or meet people like them if I hadn't gone. But then that's that's like thinking too far into the future, or thinking you know, I don't know where I could have been. But then maybe the social part of my training is what I would say was necessary for me. But then if I was saying I would go back to school for the education now, nah, I wouldn't even start. I don't think I would go back to school for that. But then because of the people I met and the network I have built, that's why I would go back. But then if it's for the education now, nah, I'm not going to That's great. That means in university per se, um, school didn't in any way, looking at your career progression or things you've done thus far, School doesn't they intersect in any way. Um, it 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 does, but like the core knowledge isn't something that you can say school taught you. It's more like, like so like there's this mentality that you can learn everything yourself. So the school didn't, really didn't add that. It just made it easier to just rush things and pass tests and write exams to get. So majorly just attending to deadlines, like soft skills. I wouldn't say the degree really impacted so much technically just but, soft skills but you're, you're definitely in support of great grades you, it's it's a relative matter because like great grades imply that okay fine you're conscientious and you can you know um present um, information in a way that people find reliable the lecturers per se across a diverse set of um people so like you know they don't think the same so if you can have good grades then um you should fit well with delivering work to a bunch of people quite nicely but it's still not a valid factor because interpersonal skills, different things also come into play. They with great grades. They're very important. They show um, that you have, that you are hardworking and you have a bit of drive to you. But then aside that, it does not prove that you are more intelligent than someone that has a third class. Because I have a friend that graduated with a third class and one of the smartest people I know. But then like school was just not for him and it's fine. So great grades are very good but then they tell a bit of a story about you. It's not on you to find out or to complete that story, basically. Alright, that's great. Yeah, so um, I would like to ask back a question okay. on like, um, what three qualities do you think have brought you this far? Basically, like, you know, you've been telling us how your father was like, a soldier, how you guys like learned about political law stuff. So, like, what are the three qualities that you think have brought you this far? Okay. And do you feel your, like you told us already that yeah. your upbringing influenced yeah. your achievement? Okay. Like, what are the three points you can put Okay, um, confidence, great interpersonal skills, and um, 
a very, very good sense of deductiveness, like knowing what is necessary and what isn't. So the confidence part, because like there's literally nothing that I would say I'm scared to do. Like I wasn't scared to leave a first class degree and chase work, you know, despite the fact that I wasn't for money. I wasn't scared to turn down the ways I work to have more time to dedicate towards actually building myself better. Um, those kind of things, like that um, high sense of knowing that, okay, fine, like there's really nothing that I can't do is possibly like the greatest path that's charted everything. Um, interpersonal skills, because despite being confident, I'm not an ass. Like, I don't piss people off. I don't try to seem like, okay, fine, like, yeah, like, I know everything. You know, we guys should listen to me, you know. Like, I like to hear people out, because, you know, like, at the end of the day, like, they know a lot more than I do. Like, get, like I'm just, you know, listening. You get. And then the last one is just the high sense of deductiveness. So, the confidence is good, but then you can be confident and be a mess too. You don't know what you're doing. You're just chatting waters. Like you don't know where you're parking. Um, interpersonal skills are great, but um, you need to know when to say no and when to say yes. And both of those skills basically map up to knowing how to be decisive. So I would say that basically gave me a leadership sense, and that's basically what has kept me on top because I know when to actually say, okay, fine, like let me actually take control here. And then I know when to actually step back and be like, okay, fine, if this person has everything good, let me actually leave that to him and then also go focus on my responsibilities. So, Wonderful. so David, um, what are the three points that you think that you want to inspire and desire? I don't think you can match them into three points. Mm. And, um, well, on top of the list would be like a hostile mentality. So if something is not you want to get something, but then the Friends that drive you are the same friends that are social. So, oh, so that means there are so friends that will be in. 
for the other one there will be some friends that would be social that will not be driving you. Yeah. No, there's nothing like that. What are we doing? <laughs> so your friends have to drive you. Not drive me, like they're doing good things in so their inspiring. various fields and everything. But then how are we friends? It's not it doesn't make sense if like we are just doing we're just friends for being sake of friendship. It has there has to be mutual growth. So some value attached yeah, to the relationship. Yeah, so there's not going to be any reason so, that we'll be friends and then we'll just be playing. I would like to bring because you know like how people say friends with benefits. I, I personally feel like every friend comes with the benefits. Mm-hmm. So that means there it shouldn't be something like friends with benefits, it should be friends because every friend should actually have a benefit it, accompanied. Yes, so like the other thing our dad used to tell us like when we were younger that someone who can't increase you will inevitably decrease you. So like like there are people who come to your life and they are able to you know make life good. But you see, different people have their Different people come with their certain characters, and some are influenced you negatively, some are influenced you positively. The main idea there is to decisively say, okay, fine, um, how much of a friend do I want this person to be? That's a much better qualifier. So you can have extremely close friends, and you can just have some acquaintances, acquaintances that you just say hi to once in a while. You are not disregarding the fact that there are people, no, but you are just seeing the perspective that if I were to relate to these people way too much, we wouldn't be a good fit. Okay. Yes. Good. So, um, David, if you have a mantra, like, a mantra, like, what would it be? And I can't remember exactly what it is, but then it's something that goes about that. I said, you said, let me give me a second. Um, can you ask Bakari? Bakari, for you, what would be a mantra? Um, so, like, it's like every day I wake up knowing that nothing's impossible. Mm. Every single day. Every single yeah. day. That is, yeah, no days where you're just like, blah, like, no, like, exactly, I'm not doing this today. No, because, no, because, like, it's rather simple, like, see, like, the human mind and body is very dynamic, like, you can be thin today, you can be bald, fit tomorrow, you can, you know, like, you can be unable to run one kilometer, then you're running a kilometer at the stretch, like, it's all your, it's all dependent on your mentality. Your psyche is basically the only thing you need to focus on. Then that's it. And this is this is like a mentality, but then he summarized it well. So Nelson Mandela said, "There is no passion to be found in playing in playing small, in settling for a life that is um, less than the one you are capable of living." So there is no you can't settle for less mm-hmm. if you know that. You deserve something, or you feel the same. You don't need to uh, request validation from somebody else. Just go and get it. If you need it. Okay. So, what's your driving force? What drives you? Is there a certain thing that drives you? For some, it's money. For some, it's just that feeling of fulfillment. Is there something that drives you? Mine is independence. <laughs> independence from what? Like, financial independence or just no time independence like own your time to the point that like people don't like it's more like they basically have to buy it in a, in a way not in the sense that um, of money per se but like in the sense of influence value time yeah you basically like not, not instead of being like a autocratic leader no like in the sense that you want to do something and you can do it not like in an evil sense, but more like in a just general lifestyle sense. People spend too much time 
working, spending time on the necessary things. So I'd rather just have that extreme time ownership to do things I feel I should be doing. If it's raising a family, um, bettering the world, teaching people how to lead more productive lives, that kind of thing. You can't do that by just you know, whiling time away at some 9 to 5 or some job or some life crisis. No. David, what drives you? Um, to be able to make myself, I don't know if I have a driving force like what Bakari has because it's not even time independent. Yeah, I don't know. But what I what is driving me is to be able the fact that I want to be able to make everybody around me happy. So does not necessarily have to be with money or whatever. But then like if everybody around me is not happy or it's not where they want to be, or cannot be where they want to be, maybe something is holding them back, then I'm going to obviously want to work hard enough to be able to get them to where they want to get to. And yeah, I think I'm a very happy person internally, so I don't necessarily need a lot of sharing and all of that. But then, I find that people do, and then I like to make them happy, so yeah. That's so chill, you don't need love in life. Do I? Do I? Do I? <laughs> We love everybody, Shay. Yeah. Um, yeah. God's love. God's love. One love. Uh. Okay. So, were you involved in, David, were you involved in extracurricular activities? And how much did they involve, influence your development? You mean while in university? Why? Yes, while I was in university. Yeah, extracurricular was... activities within and outside. You could you know some people are involved in extracurricular mm-hmm. that are not within okay. university walls. So. Yeah, I was actually, and then did it affect me? Yeah. Did it influence your development? Influence my development? Like, did it make me grow? Yes. Yeah, yeah, actually, it did. It did. But I don't know, I wouldn't say, it, like, it was great to be honest. And then after a while, I just stopped. Like, I grew out of that space, but then I stayed regardless. I don't know why I stayed, but then I stayed. Because <laughs> it was just fun. Then, yeah. It was good. It was good. And it influenced me to make me go. Okay, so Dams, we're not a school person throughout, like academics. Nah. Dams, you, had, you balanced it while yeah. you were in school. Yeah. Dams, you consider yourself a social type. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, Bakari, were you involved in social extracurricular activities? Uh, yes, right from the start. Like, I'm too incredibly extroverted to stay in my house. <laughs> so, um, I led... Um, developer communities, I've been in ISEC, um, various things like that. Did try to work with school, a um, couple things with lecturers, um, projects, various things like that. Like, I'm the kind of person who just doesn't stay comfortable just sitting in like, idle alone. Now. So, there's always something going on. And they definitely did influence you, they developed you. Yes, yes. You know, like, you learn a lot from failing and trying again. Yeah, so those extracurricular activities were, like, the easy way. Platform. Yes, the easy way to do it. Um, that sounds great. So, um, if you were to do this again, would you do anything differently? What's the one thing you'd do differently or certain things you'd do differently? Okay. Uh, one thing that I would do would be, first of all, to tell my past self that um, uh, one is that uh, you do not need to conform to things people say. 
because like most people just have their own perspective of what they feel we should be like and everyone has their own so there's really no point in trying to be different or rather be different from who you are just stay the same way you are like trust me at some point they will envy you and want to be like you too um so i would go back in my past and just tell myself that really i think my life has built up has been built up quite nicely i don't need to change much there's one thing you would change is for you know to conform or um, give into the pressure of yes exactly yes stay reasonable like you are reasonable so don't stress yourself David what would you change because I, I believe it's definitely not been they're set it might not have been a perfect you know like how they say certain experiences help us yeah. Yeah. develop like become better mm-hmm. but yeah but if you did have the opportunity to change that one thing what would it be Drake said, Drake's a very mm. big influence in my life. Mm. He said, some nights I wish I could go back in life, not to change shit, just to feel a couple of things twice. I won't change anything. Like <laughs> I don't think I'll change anything. Oh, no, I'll tell myself, run away from Dr. Oboy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a lecture? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Just run away. Yes. Was that elective? No, no. Okay, that means kind yeah. of not have an option. Yeah, but like, yeah, that was, was the experience. Was, like, that guy was coy. Yeah, <laughs> so coy. Just running. Yes. Okay. So, um, in this in your journey, what would you consider as your major failures? Mm. Because, you know, there's usually a perfect story. Yeah. But behind a perfect story, there's usually one thing that didn't go the way you wanted it to go. So, mm-hmm. what would you considers mm. a failure or failures, things that didn't go the timeline you wanted, or it just didn't work out the way you, like, it's not something, yeah? Jay-Z said, mm. Jay-Z's another big, <laughs> Jay-Z's a big influence, he said, a loss isn't a loss, mm. it's a lesson. Oh, okay. yeah. So, it wasn't a loss, it was a learning experience. Okay. So, whatever I may not have done well, has led me to this point that I can, you know, want to achieve bigger things. So, so yeah. that means per se, you should kind of, in the en- in essence, capitalize on your failures. Yes. You shouldn't see them as failures per se, but mm-hmm. see them as learning opportunities yeah. to come better. Yes. Uh, in my own case, um, my own biggest failure, I think my biggest failure would have been nearly getting an FA final year. And I think because. Because because I plan way too much to even conceive the idea, but I getting it was a big low. It was close. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like like what if I did, um, it was resolved? Like oh. I actually didn't get an F, but just the fact that I saw it, man, it changed a lot of things in my life. That even with all the planning and everything, like you know, bad things used to happen. Okay. So important question for me because even. Both of you have been involved in a lot, and when you're involved in a lot, you get to know a lot of people. So, how we to balance all this and balance having connections with like many people? Because truth, it's not easy to keep keeping up with quite a number of people. You even say you've been able to balance this. Uh, in my own case, I would say that uh, uh, procrastination is a very, very effective tool to balance people. Yeah. So, like. Like so, like there's this concept of time that I always like to tell people, and that is that um, there's time for everything. So, um, it's not always possible to always be around, mm-hmm. but for the times that you're around, make it, make 
them the focus. Make that thing that you're actually putting the time to the focus. No second guesses. So with people, the same thing. You value people's time as much as you value your own. So if you're ever going to take up a set of responsibility with people, you make sure that you always focus on things and then nothing less. So that's how I actually see the principle of people and time. Keeping up the connections. How did you talk to people? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound easy, actually. actually yes. I don't know. As your network grows, they, they kind of have gone to expect that I may reply late yes. or I may not be there. But then, if you need me and then you tell me ahead of time, I will be there. My people is not easy, but then it's something that I'm learning. So it's something that's impossible. I'm in the process of doing. So yeah. I will not say I have done the best job, but then I have tried to be there as much as possible. Okay. So, Bakari, when you're not programming or catching up with schoolwork, which you're not doing anymore, um, how do you spend your time, particularly when you're in school? Love interests? Oh, oh uh, me, I was a baller. So, uh, if uh, anything ever came up to Canflex, I was, I, I, I was there. Like So, contrary to what most people think, um, I do a lot of things aside just programming. Like I wouldn't say I program. I don't even like coding. It just pays the bills easily. So what do you like doing? Uh, I like rapping. I like freestyling. Mm, true. Yeah. You, you, you won. Was he engineering? Was this yeah. freestyle? Yeah. Bizarre. No, bizarre. No, bizarre. Bizarre. But so there was another one at one red party in VI. So like those are the kind of things. So like I see myself more as a social, social, um, socially type like. Rapper or something like Dams, that. you see yourself ever retiring to go and become a rapper? Yeah, sure, now. Ah, sure. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um, is it this guy, DOJ, that has a day job and also is. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, I did both that. Network engineer. Do you see yourself being that? Definitely, kind of definitely. Looks like it's just for me to um, catch Twitter's clouts enough that I can go and drop videos. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so, so, majority of my time is just spending different things. I run marathons. Uh, I'm going to try to do the one for Access Bank, like in the coming um, oh, two Access weeks. Access Bank Marathon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and different things like that. I just see, like, once there is an opportunity to do something I can't do, then just know that that's what I'm dedicating my time to. Mm, do you like challenges? Uh, not really like challenges per se, but like, how do I say it? Um, when you focus on something, like, I just focus on it to the end. So, even when it doesn't become a challenge, I don't still give up on it. There's this continual growth mindset that you put towards things. Okay. That's great. David, so what about you? When you're not programming or, yeah, for now you're focusing on programming or catching up with school, just like in school, how do you spend your time with women in engineering? What do you do? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> basically, how would you ask that to Oh, that means there's no woman in your life. There was no woman in your life in five years. Okay, it's not gonna say there is. There was no woman in your life in five years. You should focus on school. Start what you're saying. Let's talk about career. So there was no woman in your life in five years. My own was up and down. I was a busy man. Okay. I'm not you part of my world. Okay. When I'm alright, when I'm when I'm, I don't I just sit down with my house. Try to rest. Because there's always a lot that I'm doing. So when I get free time, I just try to sleep or rest. To be honest. Or watch something on YouTube. Just rest. Learn something. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. So, any last words for anyone listening to this? Shout out, precious. <laughs> yeah. So, 
You know what I mean? I just have this um, develop self-awareness. Like, if there's anything that you have to know, it's yourself. That like you're like the only tool that you can harness like fully. So, so know yourself to the point that you know what you can do. You know what you can do, and then you know why you can't do them. Becomes a lot easier just knowing that okay, fine. If I can't run now, it's because I've not built up necessary endurance, and then if I spend a couple months at it, I can build up as much endurance as I want. Things like that, small steps, then you just learn how to do anything you want to do. Okay, the kitchen time. Give that aside the shout outs. Do you have um, any other last? To talk to people. Um. Um. Yeah. I'm Listen to music, listen to listen to drink cheese. <laughs> yes, because they, they, they teach you a lot of things. Like, yeah. They tell you experiences that, uh, you know, okay. maybe you might have like Drake, Jay Z, Skepta, and J Horse. Listen to those things. Listen to them, and then you should be able to question. Like, a lot of times we say we have these goals, but we don't know why we have them. Like, you want to do something, you want to build this, or you want to graduate the first class. Why are you doing all these things? Or you want to like become the best programmer ever? You need to know why you're doing. You need to have like an and get you need to be able to prove to yourself that this is necessary. We can't just be doing things because you like them. It's good to have passion for things, but then you need to have more than that. So yeah, that's what I would say. Question your goals and have an answer for them. If you want to go into the world of academia, you need to know why you're doing. If you want to become, if you are not focusing on school, you need to know why what you are sacrificing because. Focusing on school is very important. It provides a safe life. If you decide not to get that, then you need to know why you're doing that. So you need to really question your goals and prove to yourself why you're doing a lot of things like that. Yeah, that's enough. Okay, I guess that's all.